0: You you, you can holler, you can applaud, you can scream, you can do anything you want. I can't hear you anyway. (laughs) Welcome to the Salt Lake Dirt Podcast. I'm your host, Kyler Bingham. Today on the show, we have author Laura Bogart, who is uh, most known for her nonfiction writing. Her work has appeared in The Atlantic, The Guardian, Spin... The A.V. Club, Vulture, IndieWire, all kinds of different publications, and her first novel just came out in March, mid-March to be exact, and it is called Don't You Know I Love You. Um, we did a print interview with Laura at the time of the book release, but mid-March, things were a little chaotic, to say the least, so I wanted to have her on the podcast, um. After a couple months, but I love this book. Don't you know I love you? Out by DeZank Books. Um, so on the interview, we talk about the book, the pandemic, politics, dogs. We covered a lot of ground. I really enjoyed my conversation with Laura. So without further ado, here is Laura Bogart on the Salt Lake Dirt Podcast. <laughs> It may may be kind of a sensitive topic, but it came out right as everything Mm -hmm. was blowing Mm -hmm. up. So maybe you could talk a bit about that and what was your experience. I'm hoping the book is getting some good attention because it's it's really good. Thank you.
1: Yeah, I you know honestly, I I have been. Oh,
0: my pups! They they're lonely today, so I'm letting them in the room.
1: (laughs) Oh, my puppy! I love dogs. My dog is like downstairs um oh, chilling with my mom so oh, nice, nice. he's like all about that grandma <laughs> life <laughs> yeah. so it's um yeah I mean I, I I sort of you know the way this was happening was as we were getting into early March we were like well I mean I don't think anybody really knew or at least I was not paying super attention to things I should say I was not and and I kept thinking okay well maybe 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 and then things started to kind of roll back and be postponed and canceled and understandably so because people's health matters more than you know launching a book and I will so you know I will say like I had a few really hard and sad days when the events that you plan to launch your debut book get postponed or cancelled or changed in format um and and there's a bit of a an adjustment period to it, you know emotionally, but I think part of that and and my agent had this conversation with me too, and then I knew it that in the grand scheme of things, given how devastating this pandemic has been for so many people, um, people losing their lives, people losing their loved ones, people losing their livelihoods, um, people whose worlds have just been shattered by this, like this is a drop in the bucket. This is Mm -hmm. nothing compared to what other people are going through. And, and so I will say, though, that the literary community as a whole, like, really rallied behind those of us who had books coming out at this time. And I got a number of opportunities to do events that I probably would not have had an opportunity to do otherwise, because they were, you know, through venues or locations that I might not have been able to afford traveling to, um, so I think in some ways, like having these online options has made it easier for authors who are not getting fronted big book tours um, or who don't have super advances that they could go into and pull money out of for touring and stuff. It has made um it has made it a little bit easier in some ways to um to share a word about the book and participate in things. And I think the other thing, too, is that I've, I have had to learn to let go of, there are certain things that are the barometers of your success, you know, and then one is you get the in-person thing, you sign things for people in person, and hopefully I will get to do those things, but I've had to let go of them. I've had to learn to kind of go with the flow of things, um, and I've had to keep a lot of personal perspective about who is really being impacted by what's been going on in the world
0: yeah that's a good that's a good positive spin on things and um i mean you're totally right like a while a long time ago i when i interviewed one of my first um novelists i was kind of naive to the whole thing and i asked him so and i because i loved his book and I asked yeah. him, so do you, um, and he was with a big publisher, and I said, mm. so so um, you have a big book tour coming, and and he just laughed at me like uh, it doesn't really work like that anymore. No. No. So and I was like, are you kidding me? This book's incredible, you know. So yeah, I mean that's that's incredible that you have um, all those people rallying. I mean the people the person who. Turned me on to the book was Laura Albert,
1: yes. a mutual yeah. friend, and yes.
0: that was just on her own accord. She reached out to me and said, "You got to get a copy of uh, Laura Bogart's new book. Yeah, it's Incredible!" So, yeah, she is. I mean, she really gets behind um, you know anyone she believes in. She's really pushing for them. So it's good to have yeah. people like that in your corner for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think honestly, just like I said, you know, she was really an advocate for this book early on, and that was very helpful, and then like, you know, my agent and my press also were really lovely about things, too, and so that is the benefit, I think, of working with an indie press, is they have to hustle, and they know they have to hustle, so they work really hard to help get the word out, too.
0: Right, yeah, they were like immediately got back to me. So that that was yeah. that's um not as common as you no. would think. So that was really that's really I love when um, smaller presses you know really push for their for their authors. It's it's great.
1: No, I love Laura. I love Zank, I love you know my agent Madison. He's every and everyone's great. I mean, everyone has really been very, very supportive of
0: this book. Right. So you're you're in Baltimore, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And and like the book, um, it takes place in Baltimore, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So there's probably Mm -hmm. (laughs) not. And then I just, we, you know, we talked about it when I interviewed before for the print, Mm -hmm. but just kind of like the Genesis for, for the idea of the book, where did it come from? Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe how, how long did it take you to write? this? How long was it in the works for?
1: Oh, these are good questions. Yeah, I mean, I, so I started this book when, like, in concept, I should say, like, years ago when I was in grad school, and I wrote, um, I was writing this, like, very high concept novel in grad school. I was in grad school in D.C., because I thought that's what you had to do. I thought you had to do, like, very high concept, very artsy fartsy stuff in order to get noticed and it did not work and my advisors were like basically like instead of trying to do all these pyrotechnics you should go and focus on like a simple story and I was like okay well this big Um, artsy-fartsy pyrotechnic novel that I thought was gonna, like, get me this big, dashing debut, and I talk about this very candidly, because I wish that people had talked about it when I was sort of, like, starting out, Um, and so I started doing these short stories about this family in Baltimore, and the very first short story I did was actually from the father's perspective, And I was like, whoa, this this was very raw, this is very lean, this is very angry, and I was like, I want to pursue this, and it was about his relationship with his daughter, and then the daughter was like, but I want to have my say in this as well, you can't do this without talking to me, and I was like, okay. So then I started doing stories from her perspective, and this is like 2010-ish, 2011-ish, and then around 2012, like, I, I, I had been publishing, like, pop culture criticism essays, and I had been getting, I've been fortunate enough to get some attention from that, and I had people reach out to me, and the common consensus was, and I had a conversation with one man in particular who was very lovely, but he was like, you need to make this a novel, and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to do that. I'm scared, and so then I put it aside for, like, about a year And then I tried to write this as a novel. And I made the mistake of, I tried to outline it within an intimate place because I thought that's how you write a novel, right? You have to know everything that happens in the order that it happens or you're just going to go flying out into outer space. Yeah. (laughs) And I corseted the shit out of it. It did not work. (laughs) I can curse on this, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay.
1: I corseted the shit out of it. It just did not work. It was like, bitch I gotta breathe and I just (laughs) get me out of this corset and you know so don't corset the shit out of your things
0: good advice Um, yeah
1: yeah so then I was like okay what do I honestly have to lose here and so I just started letting go and letting do and once I started trusting my intuition with it it came out fairly quickly and like literally even like the protagonist in the novel makes artwork and i had this vision of what her artwork was going to be and it was a little hokey it was a little on the nose and then i the, one of the days i was just like you know what fuck it just let go just see what comes out the vision of the artwork that she makes in the book came out and i was like you know what i'm listening to myself now this is what i'm going to do um so then once i did it I would say it came out in about probably about two years once I was like okay no more dicking around just do it mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so it probably came out about like two years um and then the process of publishing it you know I finished it around 2015 we edited it and got it on the market in 2016 and we all know happened <laughs> in 2016 oh yep <laughs> um and so it was really hard and you know we can talk more about this if you like but i'm yeah. always very transparent about the fact that it took like 2016 through late 2018 for this book to find the right press because i feel like we always hear those stories about like the wonderkin who wrote a novel in the last three months of their MFA and then <laughs> got a six-figure deal and now yeah. they're on the cover of the New Yorker and I think reality is probably closer to my experience.
0: Right right no that's um that's good I love that the transparency there yeah it, it just reminded me on um Chuck Palahniuk's new book on writing mm-hmm. um he had a good point that made me think of your book how He said, when you're writing a novel, try to focus on, if you're breaking it down by chapter, try to focus on each chapter being a short story that can stand on its own. And so that's what I, when when I read your book, I kind of got that because you could take each chapter and kind of like what was Mm -hmm. happening in it, you could just jump right into the characters and kind of get a sense of what's going on, who is what, and um, I think, yeah, it's absolutely great. I love the dad, by the way, he's my favorite Uh, character in the book.
1: (laughs) That means a lot, because he was hard, I mean, and it's, I, I had to walk a line with him, because, like, I'm very inspired by pop culture, like, I'm very inspired by, like, media, and it's funny when you talk about chapters, like, I almost think about chapters in terms of like episodes of TV, mm. where like it's just I like, like that. Yeah. yeah, it's just like you say, like you could pick up like an episode of Mad Men or and be like, you would know, you would have an ins- instinctual idea of who these characters were and like what their relationships were, even if you didn't know everything that had happened before the episode, you know, and in question. So I thought about that. Um, when I was writing the dad, I was very much thinking about the anti-hero trope and why it is so appealing and the work that has to go into deconstructing that trope. Um, and I was also thinking a lot about how we define people as monsters very easily. And some people do things that are very monstrous and irredeemable. I'm not saying, you know, that but I was very curious in this idea that he is someone that is very easy to write off. But I think there is more power in understanding how he got to be the way he is, just physically abusive of his Mm -hmm. daughter, unable to control his rage. Um, I was very interested in how does someone get like that? How does this instinct, because he has like a paternal instinct Mm -hmm. to love and protect, but it gets curdled, it becomes rage and everything that he feels becomes rage because that's safer and that's more comfortable for him. And I think that's something that we're taught culturally. I think it seems like to me, something that men are conditioned to think of more so than women, Mm -hmm. um, at least from what I've observed. Um, And I was very interested in it. So I really focused a lot on that when I was creating the dad. So thank you. That means a lot.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's a tough character. So, I mean, you have, but you, he's so real. He's like a, he's a living, breathing person um yeah. so it, and, it, and i think a good novel is when you have characters where it does challenge you as a reader and it makes you feel different things it makes you feel conflicted so yeah well done on that Thank i think, you. I think Thank the character you. was amazing um, yeah so i mean maybe we could talk a bit about that you said 2016 we all um. know what happened then so i'm kind of <laughs> I uh, maybe you could talk a bit about if you want to about about what kind of was going on from your perspective in the literary world and mm. then I'm I'm curious like I've heard different authors talk about like kind of looking forward to this year and seeing like are people going to be mm not looking at books at all, like not reading anything, or are they going to be so overwhelmed with the reality of what's going on? They just want to, we want to check out as much as possible and books are going to be flying off the shelf. Um, I, don't, I don't know. So I've heard two authors that I really like say like, oh, I, I'm She's so glad I'm not getting published in November. Like there, I think their book oh. is coming out in 2022. Oh yeah, uh, It's being pushed off. And then someone else is like, oh, no, there's going to be you know, this wave of really cool creativity coming from the pandemic. And mm. um I I don't know. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of curious, or maybe it'll just be like status quo, nothing will be too much different. But I don't know. What do you what do you think?
1: I mean, I would say, you know, it was in 2016. Certainly we thought this was gonna be this angry little hell starter feminist book about this angry young woman, right, <laughs> and coming out at the time when we were going to be having our first woman president, and that did not happen, <laughs> yeah. and um, to say the least, I mean, I don't know about you, but I, like, literally went into shock that night, like, I went into physical shock, I, like, yeah.
0: I did, too, like, I went, um, I was checking the news, and I'm, a, I'm an hour ahead of Los Angeles, so I'm I'm mountain mm-hmm. ma- time. And yeah. I was checking it, and I think I went to bed about nine thirty or mm-hmm. ten, mm-hmm. and I still was like, "There's no, there's no way, there's no way." And so yeah. I woke, I woke up that morning, um, in complete shock as well. I I went into work. Mm-hmm. I work in a, a high school with a lot of oh, um, yeah. minority students. A lot of
1: they were terrifying. A lot of
0: kids from you know their families are from Mexico. And they had been looking to me for answers, which I don't, I don't really don't have any. And I was like, there's yeah. no way you, you got to be very careful of like stating yeah. your opinion as a teacher. But they were asking me okay. kind of scared, like, oh, oh is he going to get in? My family's going to have to go back to Mexico. I'm like, mm-hmm. I said, well, first, even if he gets in, that's not, that won't happen. I mean, maybe I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I mean, nothing mm-hmm. happened. Thank God to here, here, like yeah. any, anyone that I know personally, but yeah. they were, they were terrified. And the next day it was just kind of like, you know, a lot of teachers called out sick that day. I'll be honest. A lot of people were, yeah, were, were shook up and it was, um, I was at a loss as a, lot yeah. of people, as a lot of people were. I was just shocked. I just couldn't believe it.
1: Yeah. And I think we might've even taken a little bit of time off from just because I think people had to grieve. They had to be shocked. They had Absolutely. to be mobilized. Um, And I honestly, I don't think we'll ever get over it. Like, I don't think, you know, I mean, I I think especially for like a cohort of women, we'll never fully get over it because it teaches you something about what society thinks of you and how well you're valued. And it certainly, you know, makes you look at people. I mean, I, I, you know, as a white woman, it certainly made me look at some of the people around me and go, oh, (laughs) like we are not as far along as we would have wanted to be, or thought we would have wanted to be, so that was hard, and I think, honestly, I was in sort of, a, like, a fugue state, um, and I was freelancing, too, at that point, like, I was full-time freelancing, and I remember thinking, oh, well, this is going to be okay, because she'll get in, we'll have, you know, the healthcare stuff will get straightened, even strengthened, we'll have, you know, more prosperity, and it was like, oh, shit, no, I gotta go in-house as soon as humanly possible, um, and so that was all really hard. I mean, as for 2020, I will say, like, I'm grateful that I had the editing process of this book in 2019 before, I and mean, I finished it up, like, right around the time of, like, impeachment and everything like that, because, it's hard not to be engrossed in it. It's hard not to be just constantly sucked into this cycle of like, what's going to happen now. And it's all very life or death. It's all very, you know, extreme struggle. And I mean, I, I know I'm grateful that I came out in March. Like I think that was a good time for the book. I can see why both of the people that you talked to would have different perspectives. Um, I mean, I don't know how I'm going to feel in November. I mean, I know right now I am trying to make an active effort to think about creating new things on my own, trying to read things, research things for new projects, and that is helpful. But, like, it's really hard not to be, like, engrossed in the world. And, you know, because it this feels very life or death. I mean, this feels very much like the end of the Republic. and
0: Sure, yeah.
1: There, People who are far smarter than I am um, that are saying that same thing. So I don't know. I I can, like I said, all I can tell you is I'm grateful that I came out in March <laughs> and and not November.
0: Did it came out like right around March fifteenth, right fourteenth, or when did it come St. out? St.
1: Patrick's Day. Did St. it Patrick's really? Day. Yeah. <laughs> that was like
0: right right as everything was
1: mm-hmm. blowing up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just, like, nobody knew what it, I mean, at least in my corner of the world, nobody knew what it was, like, we were, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I remember, you know, my, you know, people, some people I knew, their their companies were, like, get ready to telework, go buy a toilet paper, go do this, go do that, and I was, like, okay, I guess I'm gonna go do that then, um, but then it didn't hit me until, like, March and April, like, how serious it was, and, mm-hmm the kind of constant slog about, you know, here we are, it's early August and I don't know about you, but I did not think this was going to be going on for so
0: long. Yeah, same here. I thought maybe I had a trip planned in early July and I'm like, well, (laughs) I think it'll be under control by then and nope, (laughs) I had to cancel everything. I'm
1: sorry. Yeah,
0: it's okay. My dogs have honestly been the thing that have kept me sane during this because they're, they're (laughs) so happy to have Yes. Be home all the time.
1: <laughs> yes, what kind of dogs I'm, do you have?
0: I have two um I have a Cairn terrier. Oh, a little, little one and then I have a like a medium schnauzer mix and then I have a chihuahua mix. I don't know what he is. So I have too many dogs, but they're mm,
1: No, it's I, no such thing.
0: <laughs> but they keep me sane and they're just so happy. I think they're going they're going to be in for a rude awakening when mm-hmm. um, I have to go back on a you know, more of a full time schedule. So (laughs) we'll see how it goes. Yeah. But yeah. So what kind of dog do you have?
1: I have a black lab mix and her name is Mina and she is, she is full of sass and she, it's funny. When I was writing this book, I had a German shepherd named Tova and the girl in the book has a dog named Valentina and Valentina is definitely inspired by tova and um tova was actually it's funny she passed away right before the election in 2016 oh wow i like i feel like on some level she was like i know what's coming and fuck this shit
0: i'm out, <laughs> I'm out.
1: no she wouldn't have done that but it, it was literally like it was like a country song leading up to that i mean it was like my dog died i had a, a big freelance oh. contract that i like loved and they they're one of their clients like Drop them and so they had to let me go and then trump won the election so it was like not a great time like 2016, not a great time um so i it's funny i thought oh i'm gonna wait like you know years before i adopt another dog and then i oh there's those of you who can't see it there is a a beautiful puppy up in the the this
0: is um <laughs> yeah this is cosmo He's the, he's the Chihuahua mix. Oh, so we named him okay. after um, Cosmo Kramer from Seinfeld. he's a spaz.
1: <laughs> well, anyway. it's funny, both mine came with their names. Tova came with her name from Rescue, and then I found out what it meant. I was like, yeah, I'm going to keep this. And then Mina I adopted on Halloween, and I think her Rescue group named her after Mina Harker from Dracula because she was found <laughs> with a male dog um, name, and they wow. named him Lad, they're like coal black lab mixes, and so apparently very high prey drive. So I was like, I'm keeping his name. It's hilarious.
0: That's a great, yeah, that's great. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> um, what are you, what are you reading these days? Are you able to? I don't know about you, but I had a. I'm kind of getting back into reading, so I took a. Yes. I couldn't focus. I couldn't focus. I couldn't read. I'm working on a project right now. I couldn't write. So mm. I'm just slowly getting back into the swing of things. Um, have you been able, have you been struggling with that like me? Or are you able to just kind of focus and
1: mm. get some reading I done?
0: Struggled.
1: I have struggled. I have struggled. I have struggled. Like I said, you know, and just like you, it's like, it's hard to like hold a thought. Um, I've been doing some research for something that is like forthcoming. So I've been doing a lot of like reading online, like a lot of like JSTOR. Um, uh-huh. But I did get a chance. I mean, I've been lucky that I've been doing some promotional stuff with some really good authors. Like I I I had a chance to do something with Alana Massad, um, and her That's... book. Um it's really good. If you haven't read it, it's really I haven't really read
0: good. it. What's it what's it called?
1: It's called All My Mother's Lovers. Okay. And it's 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 just it's a really lovely read, and it's just like it feels very good to read it in this time period. And then Um, Rachel Verona Cody's book um, Too Much that was like very lyrical and I really like that and then Amber Sparks I love her book Short Stories I've been reading a lot of like short stories and like articles and stuff online I feel like that's all I have the attention span for (laughs) I did start reading a biography of Marlon Brando just because like that is intense and kind of like Yeah. And, and, and very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He admits to, and like what, you know, he did not admit to. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Oh, that sounds great. That sounds fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I should try some short stories. I think that's a good, that's a good idea because Mm -hmm. I've, I've, started several books and i go a couple chapters and i like it but i just i can't focus right now
1: yeah i'm really struggling with focus i really struggle with like a (laughs) lot and even like i don't know about you but like my writing process i have to like literally go it's okay if you sit in front of the computer and all you can do is like a paragraph and a half yeah you didn't have before
0: yeah (laughs) no initially i was beating myself up because i'm like i don't have to go into work every day i have all this time um, yeah. and it, it, it was I did less than when I'm working full-time you know yeah so. well
1: because when you're working full-time the time that you have is like so the time for yourself is so precious like I and I know that because I've been a, a, a writer who has had to support herself with like day jobs as well and it's like the time you get is so precious and so rare mm-hmm. so I can fully appreciate that
0: yeah, I'm jealous. I talked to a writer uh, a couple, a few days ago and she, she um, right as everything was blowing up, she was working, finishing up her first draft for something that was due to the publisher
1: uh, mm-hmm. just
0: a couple weeks ago. So she said it was actually good for her because she was just in this space of working. Like she had, had the momentum before and so mm-hmm. she was finishing up. But she said the last two weeks have been kind of tough and she's just mm-hmm. wandering around and staring <laughs> at the wall. Yeah. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm, so I'm like,
0: I need to get something else going on quick
1: that sounds I mean no I did too like I was like I mean I was like okay and I had an idea for something and I was like I don't know that I'm ready to do it yet and then I was like bitch what else are you gonna do right <laughs> <then> yeah
0: like... <laughs> no yeah that's interesting um I'm thinking of yeah so I'm thinking about non-fiction mm-hmm. that I've been reading so Brando sounds interesting I'm reading one on um Ulysses S. Grant.
1: Oh, wow. Pretty
0: fascinating. I mean, it's, it's going to take me a long time to get through it. It's a beast. But mm-hmm. um, he, interesting guy. I don't read a lot of presidential biographies, no. but this one is like, he's a different, you know, well, he's an alcoholic, struggled, mm-hmm. and I don't know, just seems like a sensitive, maybe a little too sensitive of a guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But then he was like, he, I mean, and then the polar opposite, he's this uh, uh, incredible military general so I don't mm-hmm. know it's a he's an interesting guy complex for sure so yeah um I love biographies yeah I'm trying to think of I do
1: too well and the Brando one is really interesting because it's like he's saying but like this is him again like, his own words and like and he like put I mean the shade that he gives to his parents in this book <laughs> is like because so like at one point like sorry I love Brando I and too. Yeah. like young so like young Brando and, like, young James Dean, well, Mm -hmm. James Dean never got to be anything but young, but, like, rebel James Dean, um, were, like, a big influence on me in creating my main character for this book, so, like, I know, like, um, so Brando's parents at one point, as I'm sure you know, send him off to military school, Mm -hmm. and he, like, includes a bunch of letters that he um, send it to his parents, it will, it, like, basically, they're like, you're not paying attention to me, you <laughs> haven't written me back, I'm sick here, I'm tired, I'm lonely, gosh, it sure is lonely here, dad, if you would just come to these games, I'm doing so well, and it's, like, the shade of it is, like, <laughs> really, really, damn, and he just is, like, yeah, I sent all these letters, I'm like, <laughs> wrote me back, like oh, wow. he hated his father it's
0: like... oh man he needed some attention it sounds like yeah, he became an actor huh
1: <laughs> yeah, no, yeah Yeah. oh yeah
0: wow um let's see what else um so you're wor- you're trying to work on something new you're trying to mm-hmm, get something mm-hmm. did you say you're, you're working on short stories or
1: no, I, 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 I'm, I, like, very careful about talking about things. Yeah, don't I talk don't. about it. I,
0: no, yeah. absolutely, yeah.
1: Um, no, you know what? It's funny, though, like, short stories. I have such respect for people who can write short stories because I feel like I can't do it. Like, I always want to branch out and go long, and I feel like there's this, like, distinction in the literary world where it's, like, novels and book length, um nonfiction are like the only things that count as serious yeah. as literary <laughs> endeavors. And I'm like, poetry is fucking hard. I can't do it. Um, short stories, like I can't i am not good at them. Mm-hmm. Um I mean S and and like book length nonfiction, I've yet to figure out how to crack that code. Um so I very much respect people who can do the short story collection and do it well.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, and I think it, yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely, I mean, in a lot of ways, they can be a superior writer, oh, yeah. because I mean, it's, it's so impressive. And it, and it is, if they stick with that, with that format, it is so sad that a lot of it just does not get, even if it gets published, it doesn't get read, you know, a yeah. lot of times.
1: And honestly, it's easier to read than, than yeah. you know, because you can sit down, like, you know, you can be, not to be crass, but like, you can be in the bathroom, you can
0: read a short <laughs> it's story. That's what I was you, thinking of right now. <laughs> you can
1: read a piece of flash fiction, and it's, you know, it's done, and it's there. Um, I think the thing, too, and I do, like, you mentioned sort of pandemic creativity earlier, and I do sort of wonder if, when we come out of, I mean, I don't know about you, but like my my attention span has very much truncated. Mm-hmm. Um, Me too. And and some of that I think is just what we've the political reality that we've been living through for the past couple of years. Um, but where there's like a basically like a career ending scandal for anyone else like every five minutes, mm-hmm. and now with with the pandemic, everything is so much worse. Um, I'm very curious to see how things are going to swing if you're going to see people embrace different formats that are beyond these sort of big sprawling Herculean, you know, I think there's going to be still like an emphasis on the big sprawling Herculean novel and like nonfiction collections, this like, you know, authorly valor, like what have you. But I'm very curious if new sort of structural forms are going to emerge out of this. Um, and if we're going to have more patience and more acceptance for things that are not within what we think we know.
0: Right. That would be, that would be awesome. If that, if that happened. Yeah. Um, I was like yeah. the the last month or so, I think one thing that has helped me with attention span, because mm-hmm. I'm struggling with it for sure. Yeah. Um, I've been watching, Just kind of like, I kind of stumbled upon a couple just shows on Netflix um, Mm. that are from other countries. Yes. I'm watching one from Finland uh, Mm. and different things like that. So I'm not tempted to check my phone because I got to read the subtitles. That's great. Really, so I found, you should watch a show called Caliphate. It's only one one season. It's a limited series. Um, I think it's out of Sweden. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but that was... Incredible. It's pretty heavy, but it's it's amazing. It was like one of the best pieces of storytelling I have been exposed to in in quite a while. So, oh, that's awesome. It's been helpful, just kind of like focusing outside of this country for a minute and getting getting out of the the headspace of of America has been been really nice. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, and it's funny because usually I started off like this, and I was like, I'm gonna watch all the stuff that I've been told. Because like film and TV and 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 media does influence my process a lot, and and I I take in a lot of movies, I take in a lot of TV because I I write about it a lot, and um I did start off like the beginning of all of this like I watched High Life with Robert Pattinson, which I don't know if you've seen that. I haven't. No. It's good. It's it's interesting because it's basically like him as this like grimy low-life criminal mm. and he's tr- but he's trying to like help his brother um and it's the guys who did uncut gems oh okay um and they like they kind of like just know what to do with robert pattinson because i find him like very interesting i didn't mean to like derail this since no like this
0: is this is fascinating to me
1: <laughs> um i find him very interesting as a performer because he has such contempt for Twilight, and for the character that he plays, and, because, like, if you watch, like, the interviews of him, like, he knows the character is creepy, and he knows the character is, like, obnoxious, and he even at one point is, like, this, this is, like, this woman's I think he, like, even words it like this or slightly more diplomatically, but he's like, this is this woman's creepy masturbatory fantasy, and I don't like
0: it. It's it's not me, I promise, right? (laughs)
1: Yeah, um, but they kind of know what to do with him. So I was on a weird, like, Robert Pattinson kick. Um, I gotta
0: check that out. I gotta check that out. It's
1: very good. And then he was in this other one. No, Good Time. I'm sorry, Good Time is the one with... um, where he plays the criminal, and it's by the Softy Brothers. High Life is the one he does with Claire Denis, okay. where he is a criminal again, but he's a criminal in space, and he's on this like spaceship of people, and they're doing all these like weird fertility experiments. I like mix the two, two you know, mix the two of them yeah. up. But he's also really interesting in that. Um, that one's a little bit of a harder watch, mm-hmm. um, but it's still good. And then I watched like Fast Color, I watched Honey Boy, I was like, I'm gonna watch all this stuff. Oh, yeah.
0: mm-hmm.
1: And then it just like bled on and on and on and on. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll do Tiger King.
0: Right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I've been beaten down to the point where I'm gonna watch. Have Tiger you seen King. that yet? I did. I did watch Tiger King. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I mean, about antiheroes, though. I mean, again, it's very interesting to me how like he's been turned into this folk hero and yeah. there's a lot of empathy extended to this man in yeah. this um in this series. But you do have to wonder, you know, at the lack of empathy that is given to other people like Carol. Sure. Oh or, yeah. You know, or Absolutely. if Joe Exotic were not a white man with a blonde mullet. Okay. You know, would he be seen as so folksy or so interesting? <laughs> right. right? right.
0: <laughs> Well, aren't they making a movie with Nicolas Cage playing oh, him? That's what, that's what I heard.
1: Yeah. So. <laughs> you know. Uh. And
0: I'm with you. Like a lot of the stuff that I've watched and even if, even when it's good, it all kind of bleeds together. And like, I yeah. get like, I get shows mixed up. And mm-hmm. so that's why I like this, like going, going international. It's been, mm-hmm. it's been a good kick Cause I, I, um, I live in Salt Lake, so I'm able, able to mm-hmm. go up to Sundance and Slamdance every year Ooh, to cover nice. that. So that, that's a lot of fun. And I think my favorite yeah. things are just seeing the foreign films or the international mm-hmm. films. You know, you just see things that yeah. most of these films will never get, you, you know, you can't find them on any mm-hmm. streaming platform after. So they're just up there and then they're kind of lost to the to the ether there. But incredible films and just seeing some amazing storytellers from different um yeah different cultures has been really cool so yeah try that that's been I'll helpful to that. me the series have been good like watch a series that's from a different um i, will yeah, do that. I love swedish stuff that's, that's the best
1: <laughs> i will do that because i you know i i i do think i need something and i'm trying to think what the last thing that i watched was i did i did watch that movie shirley the one that's based on the life of shirley jackson i wanted
0: to see that yeah that was at sundance i believe mm-hmm. this last year i didn't get a chance to catch that one though
1: it's interesting i mean i think there's some complaint about the way that they kind of rework certain components of her life for the sake of the story and i'm just going to be very careful with it. i don't want to spoil anything um but um uh, again like I think that's really interesting to like kind of reframe the conversation about who gets to be a torture genius and have that shown as like this compelling narrative on right. screen and it was kind of nice to see that same framework like applied to like a woman author mm-hmm. and you know particular, I mean I didn't know her like much beyond the lottery I have mm-hmm. to admit and, and I got to learn more about her so like I read some more of her stories and I'll like probably check out some of her, her novels coming into the fall.
0: Yeah. I bought a collection. Cause I don't know. I, I don't know a lot about her, but I, I bought a collection of her a while back. So I need I need to crack that up. And um, yeah, it just sounds like a fascinating oh, yeah. person, you know? Oh yeah. Tragic yeah, in a lot of ways. Yeah.
1: Very much so. And the filmmaking is like really kind of dreamlike and has this like, you know, feeling of like a hallucination that's like really um, compelling. And it, you know, that that was, it was sort of like, it was like I needed it as just like a jolt, um, you know, throughout all of this. Cause I think it's easy to just get sort of being like a brain fog or like kind of a
0: fugue state. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Oh, I was going to say something. I just totally, yeah, see, no, I can't, I can't, okay. I can't focus, you know?
1: <laughs> no, I feel like I have like not even talked about my book. That much.
0: Well, let, let's talk about, let's talk about the book more. If you mean, we don't want to spoil anything. I know.
1: No, no. I mean, but it's, I know I feel bad. I mean, if there's just anything that you want to talk about. or have No, anything, I mean,
0: I, I kind of, that's what I, I like conversations like this where we're just kind of having an ruling. organic conversation and, you know, um, I love it talk about recommendations and different things like that oh, that's uh, good. yeah i oh okay so we can talk about um i don't know if you love them or hate them but bukowski there, mm. there's a new there's a new so that's what i'm doing tonight there's a new mm. film mm. that came out um someone i think just hung out with him one night in the 80s, mm-hmm. early 80s and that's what the film is so i'll check that out i don't know <laughs>
1: Uh, Talk know, about I tor- to be,
0: torture genius, right? <laughs> I have to
1: be honest. So this is where, like, I feel like I was sort of coming of age artistically at a time point. I mean, I'm 38. I don't mm. care about sharing that. Um, and um, like a lot of like the women writers that I know were like, oh man, fuck. You. And I was like, eh. so I never, like, I never really read him. That's yeah. like a deficit in my um, education. So I don't have strong feelings about him one way or the other because I am not exposed to him
0: I mean he's he's crazy so maybe people I people love him or hate him you know there tends to not be
1: anywhere in in, in the
0: middle yeah (laughs) so I don't know He's, he's fascinating. Even if you hate him, I think he is a fascinating character. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Is It's like, it, it, from a creative standpoint, as a character or persona, fascinating. Do you want to follow them? Can you learn something from them in their life? Like, that's the worthwhile pursuit.
0: Right. Well, someone just told me a story the other day that uh, they were, they almost moved into one of his old studio apartments oh, um, years and years ago. And the landlord told her that he, one night he had a suicide attempt where he, you know, drank a ton of alcohol, put his head in the oven, turned it oh on, but he didn't pay, he, he, didn't, pay he the, didn't pay the gas bill, oh
1: so God.
0: he just passed I out in the oven. <laughs> so, so he
1: like saved his own life without yeah, replacing By being,
0: by not uh, making enough money oh and paying the bills God. on time.
1: That is... <laughs> I don't want to say that's great because it's awful that he was in that position and he felt like he had to, but like, holy cow. That is a story. And
0: when you read his stuff, it's like, yeah, that, yeah. Damn. That doesn't surprise me.
1: Wow.
0: So it's amazing he lived as long as he did, really. Well,
1: William S. Burroughs lived to be like, what, a
0: hundred? He was pretty old. I don't know how, yeah, I don't know how old exactly, but he, he went pretty wild and he, yeah he lasted
1: <laughs> he, well that's the thing that's funny is it's like I mean when I was like in my teens I had like my little beat um beat period and then when you get to be at least when I was like in my 20s like I reread some of it again and I was like this was not very good to women <laughs> like I can't like, yeah. you know,
0: yeah. like yeah.
1: I appreciate the contributions to the canon and whatnot but I can't fuck with this anymore <laughs> like and so um but like I remember like reading like like Ginsburg was you know I think he was in his 60s Kerouac was much younger than that I think but like Burroughs of all of them that he made it to be like in his hundreds is like you know like we have this culture right that wants to tell you like drink your kale smoothie and like get your vitamins and do your (laughs) yoga and do your deep breathing and like you know get your peloton bike you know, <laughs> very much like I equates being healthy with or, or have meaning certain definitions of health with moral virtue and creative virtue and achieving your full potential right right and i love that you have william s burroughs like make it well into his like at least a hundred like i love that
0: yeah I mean, even Vonnegut, he would have made it. I mean, he smoked Paul Malls every day and he would have made it. And if he hadn't, I think he fell off a ladder, right? And I know. Oh. T- terrible. But he was still, he was still kicking. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I don't. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, you know, again, I kind of skewer all that stuff, but yeah. it's, um, yeah. But that, that's, <laughs> dang. I will, I will have to look at some of Bukowski then, because that's he, a hell I, of a story.
0: Some of his stuff, like, I, I love Bukowski, but.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: he is some of it's pretty awful towards mm-hmm. towards women i mean don't mm-hmm. read the don't read the book called women there's a I'm book called sure, women yeah. it's ho- there's some it. horrible things in there um mm-hmm. and i'm like oh my god i can't believe <laughs> i still read the whole thing but i mean oh my yeah. god he's a he's an amazing writer i think but yeah wow well let's yeah. fin- let's finish up let's talk a bit let's talk a bit more about your book without okay on cool. spoilers. Yeah. but um oh, yeah. I don't know, what do you, how have you, I always find it interesting like reading on the back how it's kind of marketed, Uh how it's framed, and how maybe your intentions as a writer, because you're not Mm -hmm. really thinking, most writers aren't really thinking about, how Mm -hmm. am I gonna market this? You're just Mm -hmm. trying to write a good story. Mm
1: -hmm. So Mm
0: -hmm. um, do you think it, the way it was marketed was kind of aligned with exactly where you were going from it and they helped, Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, and it's interesting because I sort of have the benefit, you know, when you're writing it, you know, obviously you're in this space where you're writing it. So my background in terms of like day job work, and I don't mean to make that sound dismissive, it is mm. what pays the bills, but I joke sometimes and I say like my, my writing self is like my my Superman, Call self, and then my like day job self, or the part of me that like goes to an office is the Clark Kent self, and I even have the glasses. <laughs> um but it was in marketing, um, it was in marketing and communications. So, um, I feel like in that way, I definitely had a leg up. And I, you know, like I said, and to bring it back, like, you know, this book was out for quite a while, and we got a lot of like, we really like her writing, but we really like the characters, but you know, we don't know what to do with it, we don't know what to do with it, we don't know what to do with it. And then, um, You know, it ended up at DeZank, which is exactly where it had to end up because they're a wonderful press and the team there is amazing. And I've had nothing but good experiences working with them. And, you know, when I initially started talking to them about publishing the book, like we had conversations about marketing and they were very receptive um, to my ideas just because, like, I I, and I, even said to them, I said, I have experience in this, like, I've written press releases, I've sent stuff out, like, I know a little bit about how to do these things, um, and so, like, I guess if that was, you know, another piece of advice that I might have for writers, um, you know, if you can think about what other skills you have to, like, kind of leverage your own talent, leverage your own ability, promote your own work, like, you know, don't think that it's just a matter of sitting down and writing the story. You know, you also have to be prepared to do some of those things. And it's good if you can be your own advocate. It's better if you have a a great champion in a press, as I did. But, like, it's also very good if you know how to do those things. So I think it was very much aligned with where I wanted to go with it. I think also the fact that we were having a very different conversation about, anger and women and anger um because my main character her her whole arc is really and I did this deliberately but it's kind of the arc that is given to like the quote-unquote angry young man in a piece like you know rebel Without a cause or like the wild one or on the waterfront these are things that I looked at where she has to learn to balance her own anger what is productive what is not productive what is useful and what is just I've learned this from seeing my father and therefore I'm going to do it um and we were in this like cultural moment um where we're thinking about what does you know what does when what is what is going to happen with all this anger that women are feeling where is it going to come out um how is it going to get channeled what is it going to mean ultimately um so I felt like we were in a good place to sort of enter into the conversation with that and say, here's another here's another way of thinking about this. Here's another avenue to talk about it.
0: Yeah, that's 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 great advice. I mean, that's really interesting. I think like, you know, you talk to most writers, even ones that you that have a name, like people know mm-hmm. them. They have other yeah. they, they're professors or they teach, yep. you know, wherever or they do workshops. Um so I think that's that's great advice. Yeah. new young writers to be like maybe don't be in a hurry to just I mean that's the yeah. goal I guess for a lot of people but maybe take advantage of the fact that you are kind of living this different life yes. where that's going to help your writing like there's a there's a guy mm-hmm. he's up in Cheyenne Wyoming he writes genre fiction that's yeah. out a book every year very successful mm-hmm. um, and he for the longest time he was still he was selling a lot of books and he still uh, with his wife ran a travel agency in downtown yeah, Cheyenne, cool. Wyoming. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, and he said that, and like what you said earlier, when you do have that structured time, yeah. your your free time is so much more valuable and you yeah. you can really make it, um, you know, you can use it to your benefit.
1: Well, and I think, you know, if there's one other thing that I want to say and, you know, to the other writers who are listening to this, that I had to learn this lesson very hard way, lots of tears, lots of disappointment, it's just that it is, we have this culture across the board, right, that values youth, that says that only accomplishments that you do in your 20s really matter, and I think that goes across the board for publishing books, making movies, becoming a star, becoming, you know, having a family, whatever, and the best thing that happened, and I remember thinking I was doomed, and I was done if I did not have a book come out by the time I was 30, and it it, it didn't, it would have to be, like, this big success, it would have to, you know, be well-reviewed everywhere, I would have to be, you know, I'd have to become, like, a star by the time I was 30, or it was whatever, and I had to do a lot of, like, learning that yeah, like, there are people that get those amazing opportunities, and it happens to them, and it happens to them out of the blue, and that has nothing to do with me. Um, It's them. Sometimes people get these opportunities because of who they are, and who they know, and who their family is, and again, that has nothing to do with me. I can't control it, and then when I started to turn 29, 30, it was like, okay, this didn't happen, Um, you're not dead, you're not a pile of smoking (laughs) ash, Um, but, like, the life experiences that I had accumulated in that time period made the work that I did much richer, and much stronger, and much better observed, you know, even down to, like, some of the class dynamics, being someone who has to be a working artist, That is all in the book. The whole, I mean, beyond sort of this issue of anger, she has to focus on like, how am I going to define myself and support myself as an artist? And how am I going to learn to make compromises? Because that's what I had to learn to do. And I would have, that would, I could have never written that angle of it when I was 22 or 23. You know, we're not all going to be, you know, superstars at, um, at 22 or 23, we're not all going to be superstars, period, but it's when you get older, I think the barometer changes, and so then when I hit, and I'm not going to lie to you, like it was, you know, when I was, we were sending it out there, and we were getting passes, and passes, and passes, it was painful, it was sad, but I did have to hit a point where I was like, this is not the end of me, I'm not a, like I said, I'm not a smoldering pile of ash. I'm still here. What can I do to move on? And to some degree, it was like when I was like, okay, then it happened. And then when it happened, I was able to go, okay, I'm going to let go of all these ideas that I have about who I was going to be when this came out. And I'm going to focus on doing the best that I can for this book in the moment. And so I think. I talk about this a lot and I ramble on about it a lot because I wish that people had been more direct about it when I was starting out. Like I really wish that people had talked about like this is a journey, like this is it's something that happens to you. You move through it and then you ultimately will get to an end result. And it doesn't matter if you're 35, 45, 55, 65, 105. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah
0: that's my rant. Uh, no, that's really good to hear. I think that, I mean, speaking for myself, that's, I love hearing that. That makes me feel, cause I'm 39 and we're pretty close in age. Yeah. And um, I was same thing. I was like, oh, by the time I'm 30, I'll we'll have something mm-hmm, out. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, by the time I'm 40, I have to have <laughs> this thing I'm working on. But it's mm-hmm. like, it's, a, you know, you, you just got to do the best you can and not project too far into the future. Cause it won't, Does tends not to happen when you try to over plan? Yes,
1: yes, and that's the thing too. Where it's like you—it's exactly it. When you over plan for things, like you know, you have to prepare for it. And I would have spared myself a lot of angst if I had just been like, "This will happen in its own time when it is meant to happen." Um, And yeah,
0: yeah, great advice for everybody, no matter what your age is. So. Thank you. I, I love that. Um, anything else? I mean, I think everyone should read, don't, you know, I love you by Laura Bogart. So please <laughs> get a copy thank of that. Anything you. else you want to add about the book
1: um, or anything yeah. else
0: before we wrap up?
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, um, thank you so much for having me and championing the book. Thank you to Laura Albert for connecting us to, um, Everyone, please buy the book. Please recommend it to a friend. Um, Recommend that it goes to your local library. If you get it, um, please get it from um, the Dzanc. That's D Z A N C um, website, or from I think it's Bookshop.org. You know, support your local indie bookseller um, and. Um, you know, those of us who've had books come out now, show us love, show us support, and I hope everyone stays safe and stays well and takes care of themselves and um, their nearest and dearest during this
0: time. That's great. All right, that's our show for today. We want to thank Laura Bogart for taking the time. Don't You Know I Love You is her first novel. Out now, on to Books. Check it out. You won't regret it.